This is from Dad, and I'm Ryan Daniel Culp. As I alluded to in the teaser episode, I had another baby due this August. Well, she's here now. In fact, she's right next to me. And so is the first episode of this podcast. Well, the podcast's not next to me, but the baby is. And just a heads up, it's really hard to find time to interview, edit, while still tending to my growing family's needs, fixing and building stuff around the house, and doing a whole bunch of bookkeeping. The first three episodes, including this one, are going to come out once a month, and from there, I'll see if I can get something going with this podcast. And speaking of getting things going, let's transition into today's interview with Don Niemeyer, co-owner of Story Coffee in Colorado Springs. We've lived in the RV uh, for over three years now. We just live off whatever electricity we generate by driving around, whatever water we can put in our tanks. So we, we just live on the streets. So we can drive, when we're driving around the nation, we'll just pull into whatever town we happen to be in, find a, you know, if it's a weekday, we find a church. If it's a weekend, we find a school. You know, we try to be where the people aren't, you know, and, the, and we're also where the houses aren't. Uh, so that we can just kind of pull in there and just camp there overnight and then get up the next day and take off. So I, I say it's like camping rules. You know, when you go camping, you don't go like, oh man, I'm sleeping in the sleeping bag on the floor and it's kind of cold and I got to cook my food over a fire. You don't, you don't, you're not thinking about. I think I think about that and that's what I don't, so I don't go camping. <laughs> the people that enjoy camping don't think about that. You know, they think about, ah, oh, I'm out here in nature and beauty and it's kind of fun to cook in a fire, you know? And so you kind of, this is what it is. And so you just kind of enjoy that. Right. And that's the way it is living in the RV and, and, you know, being flexible and not having a lot of stuff. It's just is what it is, you know? We paid for the RV by not paying rent. That was how we, you know, worked that out. We're like, man, we're, we're paying, you know, all of our housing together, rent and utilities and everything is costing us about $1,000 a month. So if we can get an RV and pay $1,000 a month on it, that's a wash. And then once that's paid for, um, then we live now we're a thousand dollars up, you know, a month. And so we did that, you know, and, and we, that's why we ran it for three years. I'll use an analogy or a metaphor of the, of a, of a river, you know, if you've ever been, you know, any sort of rafting or whatever, you know, you get in that river and that, that river is going to go where it's going. And if you, and even if it's a slow moving river, you, you turn, you can turn around and you pedal hard enough. You can go the other way, but you've got to really paddle hard and work at it. You know, if you aren't doing all that extra work, you're just going to go where the river goes. I'm not going to be in the river swimming against that stream. I, I can't do it. I'm, I'm not that I'm not that strong. I don't have my act, you know, that much together. Of course, we we live in in society and we're a part of culture. But what I mean is, I just don't want to be in that river where that's the conversation is more, faster, bigger, stronger, fancier. That's that's not a game that I I want to play. And again, I, I I don't intend to ever sound like, you know, I'm smarter than anybody else or that everybody else should should adopt my value system. But um. It works. It works for me. It seems. It seems healthy to me. So relative to parenting, you know, it's not uh, and, and spending time with my kids. You know, it's not like, man, I just want to. I just want to have a, a goal to spend more time with my kids. You know, I want to be there for the important things in their life. It's just. It's so hard because I'm working 80 hours a week. Well, for me, the answer to that is don't work 80 hours a week. You know, structure your life in such a way as that 
and this is what we did. My wife owned a business. I owned a business. And when I was running my business, she was with the kids. And when she was running her business, I was with the kids. And I understand that that's maybe not something everybody can do. But for us, that's just what we, that's just kind of what we just had to do. So perhaps fortunately, or maybe it was more by uh, design, we ended up with a life structured around where it really wasn't that hard for us to do that. It, it definitely affords us certain opportunities that uh, that not everybody can have. You know, we can wake up in interesting places. You know, a lot of times they'll they'll go to sleep in one place and wake up, you know, next to the ocean or wherever. You know, they are also aware that there are a number of disadvantages when we have can so and so come over for a play date. You know, we don't have a house for them to come over to. You know, so it's usually well, yeah, let's meet in a park and we can have a play date there and. We can kind of base out of the RV, maybe cook dinner and have a picnic or whatever, but we, it's not like they can come over and just play in your room like other kids are able to do. You know, So there's, there's, there's some obvious things that are disadvantaged, and they're aware of those as well. All in all, you know, if you ask them, they're generally like, yeah, we like it. We think it's kind of cool. They've kind of just grown up. Uh, not, not really grown up, but, yeah, I mean, three years is a long time for a kid. You know, whenever, whenever you're, let's say, nine, and you only have memories going back to, say, four or whenever a kid starts having memories that means that over half of the life that they can remember has been in that rv so they just don't know any different the last three years have you been um, homeschooling them or what what does that look like two of those years we're living on the streets of portland running a coffee business and a doula business my wife's a doula and so two years were like that and we and they just went to school they went to a regular public school that they were they had already been going in when we lived in a home or in a regular house. All in all, it's been about a year that we were that we've just been traveling around. Um, during that year, we homeschooled, but we didn't really aggressively homeschool. We are not great homeschoolers, and we knew they would be going back into public schools after that year. And both my kids are like like a lot of kids at that age. They're just avid avid readers they would just as soon read a book as anything and so especially in the rv you know they're hours and hours on the road they got nothing to do except read we don't have a video in there or anything like that you know so they're just sitting back there pounding books all day every day and so we got them a kindle so that they can just have almost unlimited access to reading material you know so they read a ton and that we kind of took a lot of um liberties with not being super formal with their education because of all the reading they were doing and then uh, we, we we did get a couple of math books that they had to work through and that was really kind of the extent of it like we, we we played the history card a lot because like hey you know today for history look it's mount rushmore who can who can say who those four presidents are um my youngest who was i guess she was eight at the time i'm not even sure i could say that well neither could they at the, at the time um that we're sitting there looking at them <laughs> you know Let's see, I think that one's George Washington, the guy on the right. That's Abraham Lincoln. Uh, who else is there? Bill Cosby? Oh, no. So they didn't, they didn't knock a home run. Or, they got a couple of them, you know. Yeah. But they thought Bill Cosby was one of the presidents on Mount Rushmore. Oh, man, it's a good thing he wasn't. They'd, have, they'd probably have to take him down. That's a good point, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, the, all those guys up there got some uh, skeletons in their closets, you know. We gave them, you know, when we we're going around to the coffee shops, we went into so many coffee shops that, you know, if you don't watch it, every every coffee shop experience becomes a mini battle 
you know, because because we're going to go into that coffee shop. Well, I'm I'm writing reviews for a barista magazine, or you know, we're doing consultations here and there. You know, so we have an official business. Like we're going to go into that coffee shop and we're going to buy something. And so they're sitting there going, like, well, "What about me? What do I get to buy?" Well, I'm not going to. You know, I might go to I might go to six or seven coffee shops in one day. I'm not going to buy my kid a. A, you know, a croissant every coffee shop I go into but I also don't want them to have nothing you know I want them to sometimes be able to have that you know so rather than have the conversation every time you know one of the things I talk about is my wife and I talk about is we got to change the conversation we got to flip the conversation this is what we did on this in this context is rather than have the conversation every single time well do I get a hot chocolate this time they got oatmeal can I have some oatmeal you know like I don't want to have that conversation so here's the conversation we're going to have is do you want to use your own money to buy something here? Different conversation. So I gave them 10 bucks a piece. Oh, wow, 10 whole dollars. I said, yeah, now this is your money for the month. Well, what, what ended up happening by accident, I didn't, I didn't even see this coming. I thought they'd spend it all in the first day and then just you know, be angry for 29 more days. But they, they, they directly linked the fact that they have money with the fact that they want a horse. And so they hardly bought anything. They would be like, oh man, I could have that donut right now. I got $10, but I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna save it out of the horse. I'm gonna put it back to the horse money. So they started collecting this, a physical bucket, little Rubbermaid deal of money, of cash. And then, you know, they'd go to, you know, they'd have a birthday party, grandma, grandpa, would give them $20, you know, each. And so, wow, I got 40 bucks. Put it towards the horse money. Before you know it, they're sitting on a few hundred dollars. We have since put it in a savings account for them because they, you know, they kept, you know, accidentally losing it but anyway uh the point and all that is is that we change the conversation by saying now this is your decision you can do anything you want just like mommy and daddy mommy and daddy can do anything we want if we want to and if we have the money for it same thing with you guys you can spend that money on anything you want but if you spend it on a cookie today you won't have it for a horse tomorrow and man that that really made sense to them point now they got hundreds of dollars i can buy anything they want in that shop but they know they got to take it out of that horse money so they don't do it when you travel and go to 200 plus coffee shops in the course of a year with your daughters. Like what, what would you, what piece of advice would you give to, to a dad going into a coffee shop with a, with a kid? You know, you're tempted to think that the goal in a, in a situation like that with a kid is that you have to manage chaos and you have to, you have to, you have to make it, you have to get through this experience without too much chaos, you know? And, uh, you know, like I said, somebody shared with me, like that, that's, that's not the goal. Like when you're a parent, you're, you have the awesome opportunity and privilege and responsibility to parent this child and to teach them things and to help them become the best future version of themselves that they can be, you know? So, you know, you're tempted, for example, you know, you go in a coffee shop and you, you want to be able to sit there and uh, maybe have a conversation or maybe you want to, you know, maybe it's just you and your kid and you want to, you know, take a second and check your Facebook or whatever it is, but you know, your kid's probably, they're, they're on a time frame. Like they're going to be okay for a minute and then they're going to start looking around for some trouble to make. And so you go, well, we'll, we'll, we'll get them a, a donut or a, a muffin or something to try to control this chaos. But the number one thing I got going on right there is I'm still a dad. Like there's nothing more important than that. So that has to be first. And then if I can work my friend in, you know, I, know, I want to be respectful of them as well. Um, or if I can get that email sent that I need to get sent real quick. I, if I can get all that done, that's fine. But it doesn't come... It doesn't take priority over my number one job, which is to make sure that I'm making choices with my kid, whether it's the donut or, you know, maybe the, the, the coloring book or whatever that matches the value that I have in, uh, in raising this kid and the priority I place on that. Once you're a dad, everything is secondary. Uh, other than, I will say this, my relationship with my wife 
is priority number one um, relative to relationships. Uh, my relationship with my kids is priority number two because there's nothing better that I can do for my kids than to demonstrate for them a healthy relationship with my wife. That's number one. My kids know that, that they're you know second after my you know relationship with, with my wife. And I think that's a healthy thing. I think that's, I think that's helpful for them to know that. Anyway, relative to parenting, though, there's nothing else that's more important than that job, you know. So it doesn't matter what else is going on. You know, I used to play in a band with a guy in uh, college who was fond of saying, everything you do is a vote. And for, when, when your kids are watching you, if you choose to watch seven hours of television while they play in the corner, you just voted for television. If you get angry and throw something against the wall, then you just voted for losing your temper. So... Yeah, once, you're, once you become a dad, everything changes because now everything is done in the light of these little guys, these little guys that are watching you and listening to you and seeing how they, how they might want to be when they get older. That's, that's way bigger than ordering a donut at a coffee shop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, this ain't about donuts. This is, this is more, far more eternal than that. But it all, it all is a part of it. You know, it, 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 nothing you do doesn't matter anymore. You know, if it's just you, you go like, hey, I'll eat a donut. Yeah, sure, I'll eat a donut. You know, I, I'll say no to something else tomorrow. That's just you. Once you've got kids, nothing is insignificant and inconsequential. It's all a vote. Are we voting for donuts? And here's the deal. Sometimes you need to vote for a donut. Special thanks to the Niemeyers, my wife, Monet Mutri, and our two awesome daughters including the little one's hiccups. Tom Hagerman for letting me use his music, Jacob Brownell of KRCC, and sadly, formerly wish we were here, Shane Blackshear of Seminary Dropout, Mr. Cameron Turner of the Thrift Towns blog, Josiah Hesse of Suspect Press, Hand Sales of Mountain Fold Books, Michael Jones, Kate Perdoni of Rocky Mountain PBS, and the Out on the Wire Pod Slack group for the encouragement and guidance as I embarked on making this podcast in the first three episodes.